Welcome to Eternal Leadership. I'm Steve Ryder. And before we start today's show, we just want to give a quick shout out to Jackie Perella, Mary Lou Kasky, and Brad Billingsley for going to iTunes and giving us ratings. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, this is huge because we're just a few weeks into this and we need that combination of ratings, reviews, downloads, etc. to be visible in New and Noteworthy and maintain a top 100 ranking in the business category on iTunes. We really appreciate those reviews on iTunes and when people share this on social media. Thanks so much. In my insurance career, I will tell you that I had the opportunity to serve people and help people. I mean, I, I was selling products and services that really did benefit people's lives, but I did not see that as ministry. Mm-hmm. I, looking back today, I was actually more effective in ministry as an insurance agent than I ever was in my role within the institutionalized church. That voice you just heard is Cliff Ravenscraft, and recently my co-host, John Ramstead, had a chance to sit down with Cliff to talk about his journey from being a successful insurance salesman to making his true passion with podcasting his career, and thus becoming the Podcast Answer Man. Cliff, recently when I was down at the Podcast Movement Conference in Texas, and I listened to your keynote, you said something that just struck me in a very powerful way but and it's about how you closed your keynote speech and really what life means to you and what you're trying to accomplish with with what you're doing here uh, could you share that with us please yeah so my talk at the podcast movement conference there was so much of a focus on podcasting about how much money you can make, how to turn it into your business, and and how I, I heard one person speak, and they said that every listener is a potential customer, mm. and it kind of made me a little bit sick in my in my throat. You know what I'm saying? Right. It's like, oh man, it gave me a sour taste in my mouth. And so I knew that I wanted to give people a different message about podcasting and what's possible with it. And so my closing keynote was all about here are four strategies that you can make a part of your podcasting journey, Uh, four strategies to help you change the world, literally make a difference in people's lives one person at a time. And what I told folks is that, hey, for me, this isn't necessarily about the money, but what I want to do with podcasting is I want to get to the place where I've had an impact in so many people's lives that they had felt so connected and so benefited by what the work that I've done, the content that I've created, the, the, as much of my life that I have shared with them, that when I die, I sort of hope there's not a building out there big enough to hold all the people who would want to come from all over the world. You know, that is a beautiful vision. So you want to have a room so big that it can't hold all the people you've touched, but you want to touch lives one person at a time. Yes, and that's the amazing thing that podcasting allows me to do. It is, And that has been a huge opportunity, but it's, it's also something that I don't take lightly. I, I want to make sure that gosh, this is great that it's giving me wonderful exposure. I have built a business that is very profitable. But I can tell you, I've reached some financial levels already that I never dreamed possible. And it that that has not brought the fulfillment that I once thought money could bring into my life. And it, and it reminds me of why I started podcasting. And that is because I wanted to change the world. That's that's why I left my career insurance because if I if it were for the money, 
I would have stayed in my career in insurance. I would have not left that because I was, I was as much as you could be guaranteed income, mm-hmm. I was guaranteed a great income there. And I walked away from all of that to into a complete unknown where for me, I thought I was walking into a life of just above poverty. But it's okay because what I'm doing you is mean going as you to moved be into podcasting. It. Exactly. I, I, I figure, you know, I, here's the thing. If I would have not left my career in insurance, today I'd be making over half a million dollars a year in personal income. I would own the insurance agency that my family started in 1926. I would have taken it over and I would be very successful financially in that way. Um, and so when I left that, I pursued a career in podcasting, which, by the way, nobody had done. There were maybe two other people in this world had done it, and my pursuit was going to be different than theirs. Mine was going to be focused on really doing ministry through podcasting, really encouraging, inspiring, educating, uh, and encouraging other people through the things that I'm learning in life, the things I want to share my life in an authentic way that really has an impact on their lives to help give them hope that says, wow, I believe I can take action. I, if Cliff can do that, so can I, that kind of thing. And when I pursued that, it's like, I don't know how I'm going to make money. I really didn't have a business plan. I didn't know what I was doing. And yeah, let me ask you a question. Take us back to that moment there, right? You're, you're sitting at your desk at work, you're looking down the road knowing that insurance, yes, family business, half a million dollars of income, but there was some longing that God put in your heart to pull you in a very different direction. And this is, for a lot of people, this is a very hard decision. This is a defining decision. And sometimes it's hard, right, to, to take that choice. Yeah. So how did you think about this and how did you move in that direction? So here's the thing. When I started working with my mom and dad in the insurance agency, Gosh, this was, I've been doing this for, it was 18 years ago. Uh, My mom and dad begged me to come work for them in the insurance agency. And they said, Cliff, we want you to come because we know uh, that we have to get these computers to talk to each other. And we have to set up this stuff called agency management software. And you're the computer guy. And I said, Mom, Dad, I don't know that I want to do that. And at the time, I was uh, working full time at a call center for Staples. You know, I, but I was only doing work to help me support myself and my wife while I was studying to become a full-time pastor. Mm-hmm. So I went as associate pastor of a small Nazarene church at the time, and I knew that I felt called to devote my life to the calling that God put on my heart, to serve people, to help people, to encourage people. And that was your calling? That I Just serve others? Serve others. I, I just to in it in not necessarily to be an evangelist, but just to share the love of Christ in whatever way God gives me the opportunity. And so when I shared that with my pastor, he says, "We want to bring you into the church board. We want to interview you about this this these feelings that you're having." And so they interviewed me, and they told me, "Well, that obviously God's calling you to be a pastor." So when my mom and dad asked me you know, hey, we want you to come work for us. I said, I'll work with you on two conditions. Number one, you'll never ask me to sell insurance because I have no desire to ever do so. If I'm coming here, I'm coming here to help you with computers because I have a passion for technology. All right. And number two, I realize how much money you guys are offering to pay me and how much money this might turn into. But if I ever have the opportunity to leave and do and pastor my own church full time, no matter how little that money is, I want to be able to leave without getting any grief from you whatsoever. 
And they were good with that? And they said, absolutely. We, we, we agreed to that. So I began a career in insurance that lasted 11 years, while at the same time... Did you end up selling insurance? I did end up selling insurance. <laughs> okay. So, and, and, and I was doing ministry uh, on the side, you know, probably almost two full-time jobs. And what happened was, over time, you know, the, I, got, I got all the computers set up in the insurance office. And they um, started asking me, hey, can you run this quoting software? Can you figure out how this software allows us to do quotes? And so I was running all the plugging in all of people's personal information and turning out numbers mm-hmm. and giving them to my dad. And he would just give them to the people over the phone and he, they would buy policies. And he says, you realize you're doing all the work, right? All these people want is just to know the number and they'll come in. And he says, if you go and get your license, not, I'm not forcing you, but if you go get your license, you're, all you have to do is pick up the phone, tell them the number, and ask them to come in and sign the application, and you start earning commission. And I'm like, hmm, all right. So I went and I studied, got my license, and I started selling property and casualty and business insurance, and then I started selling life and health insurance. Mm-hmm. And over the course of 11 years, I became very successful at selling insurance. So at that point, toward the end of that career, where what were you feeling, though, in your head and in your heart just about where life was, the fulfillment, your peace, your joy, just, you know, that kind of area? So in my insurance career, I will tell you that I had the opportunity to serve people and help people. I mean, I, I was selling products and services that really did benefit people's lives, but I did not see that as ministry. Mm-hmm. I Looking back today, I was actually more effective in ministry as an insurance agent than I ever was in my role within the institutionalized church. Now, why do you say that? I mean, that was a big point of clarity for you, it seems like. Absolutely. But here's what happened. I started podcasting as a hobby. I I found about this technology where people could get, just anybody, anybody could grab a microphone, plug it into their computer, record into free software if they want to, and record anything they wanted to say, upload it to the internet, put it in this podcasting directory through iTunes from Apple, and literally millions of people around the world have the opportunity to listen to what you have to say. Mm -hmm. I, I actually discovered podcasting and I fell in love with listening to the content. See, I, I listened to a little bit of talk radio. Matter of fact, I listened to a lot of Christian talk radio when I discovered podcasting, John, I realized there were podcasts about any and everything that I could possibly be interested in. And it was so, on demand. So if you're driving and home and you demand. miss your favorite speaker, well, you got to listen to something else. Exactly. And well, and the thing is, is you can't, here's the thing. One of my greatest passions is technology. Mm-hmm. You don't turn on the radio and find somebody talking about the latest version of the Mac OS software. But in podcasts, if you want to hear a podcast only about the iPhone, there are podcasts that are so narrowly focused. And then there are podcasts about television shows. And here's the thing. My wife and I started watching this television show called Lost. She had watched it for the first season. I didn't really understand what it was all about. But at the I'm with you there. I did not understand it, although I couldn't stop watching it. So during the last three episodes of the first season, I happened to bring my laptop into the living room when Stephanie was watching it. And I happened to kind of hear a couple of things. And there was this one scene where this rough looking guy comes out on a on a on a 
boat and these guys are trying to escape from an island on a raft and this guy comes we're gonna have to take the boy and there's this mystery of who is this guy and then there's this other thing happening on the island where they've been uncovered this underground bunker and they found this hatch and and i was hooked so I started looking online for you know information about it. I started watching from season one, episode one, went back and watched what I missed. And I'd already discovered podcasts. So I went into the iTunes store to see if there was any podcasts of people talking about the TV show Lost. There were five of them, John. Five different shows from people all over the world, all of them devoted to nothing else other than talking about Lost and the mysteries that are there. And I started blogging about it. I was already blogging about just general technology and faith and stuff like that. John, I had about maybe 60 to 100 people per month that visited my blog. You know, some of my closest friends, people I went to church with. Um, But that was about it. But I started blogging about the TV show Lost. And I started doing side-by-side screenshots. Look at this compared to this. And here's this, what they showed on the island. And I developed my own theories about what this show might be telling, what story. And as a result of that blogging, I noticed that my site was starting to get hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of people visiting my site. One of the podcasts about the TV show Lost that I listened to had a voicemail feedback hotline. And I said, hey, Ryan and Jen, this is Cliff Ravenscraft from ravenscraft.org. That was my blog at the time. Okay. And I said, guys, I have a theory for you. I'm going to tell you who Thomas is. I believe he was once on the island, and I have the proof to show you. Thousands of people around the world Because they talked about it on their podcast and directed them into your blog. Exactly. And people said, Cliff, you should do a podcast. We would listen to you. This is amazing what you've researched and the theories that you have. Of course, John, it did not take a lot to stroke my ego, okay? <laughs> so so I'm like, I should create a podcast. And I didn't know if I would do a podcast about the TV show Lost or if I would talk about technology or if I would talk about faith. So I created this podcast called Generally Speaking. And I told my audience, I said, listen, I'm not so amazing at any one of these topics that you would want to hear me devote an entire podcast to it. But what I will do is I will generally speak about one of three topics and I'll limit my content for each episode to just one of those topics. So if you don't want to hear me talk about my faith, you can just delete those episodes. So after I introduced that that concept in the first episode, I then proceeded to make the rest of the first episode all about the TV show Lost. Hundreds of people listened to the first episode. I'm like, what? I thought really five, maybe 10 people would listen. Hundreds of people listened to the first episode. So the very second episode, I asked my wife if she would join me. Now, my wife had just read a book on marriage. And one of the things it said that you can do to, him to, to make your marriage even better is to involve yourself in your spouse's hobbies or at least one of them. Just give mm-hmm. it a shot. So the next time your husband asked to, invites you to go out and play golf, why not, why not go out and just shoot around a golf with them or whatever? And of course, I'm not a golfer. But my, so my next hobby that I asked my wife to join me with was podcasting. And she goes, yeah, sure. She's like, nobody's going to listen to us anyway, right? So the second episode we recorded, it was all about the TV show loss. And I said, everybody, welcome back to this episode of the Generally Speaking Production Network. This is the weekly lost edition. By our third episode, John, we had 17,000 subscribers from people all over the world. So... From your first episode to your third one going out is probably, what, a two-week gap? It's three weeks. Three weeks. So you had 17,000 people. All of a sudden, you realized 
by following your passion, you have the ability to speak into so many people's lives that you would have never been able to touch or connect with through any, any other avenue. And here's the thing. A couple episodes in, we started talking about the show, the, tw- the episode uh, titled The 23rd Psalm. On the TV show Lost, they introduced a character in the second season, and uh, he, I think they called him Mr. Echo. And Mr. Echo came in, and he was pretending to be a Catholic priest. And so one of the things that happened was he quoted the 23rd Psalm to one of the people on the island, but he misquoted it. And so what I did is Stephanie and I got on the show and said, you know, here's the thing. He quoted the 23rd Psalm, but what you don't know is he actually misquoted. There, I believe that the, obviously the writers of the show are so brilliant. I mean, they don't make mistakes like this. There's no doubt in my mind they know exactly what the 23rd Psalm says. Right. But they completely shifted these two verses. And if you think about these two verses, what does, and, and so what we did is we talked about what does the 23rd Psalm mean as the way it was actually written? So you're able to take your faith into this audience that didn't want to hear about your faith. Exactly. And, and start integrating in. them. Right. We're just giving them information and insight that we have based upon my knowledge of the scripture. And so I said, now that's what God is telling us through the 23rd Psalm. However, this is what the writers are telling us through the way it was quoted on the show. And let's talk about what implications that might have for the people who are on this island and the journey of redemption that they're on. Hmm. People loved it. They absolutely loved it. And what so, did that tell you? Well, it, well it, it, here's what it told me. I got an email. The first time I got an email from somebody related to this topic, they said, let me ask you something. I, I hope that you don't find this offensive, Cliff. But I get the strange sensation that you and your wife are Christian. Am I right? And that's what the answer, that's the whole email. And I wrote back, I said, I am not offended. Yes, I am a believer. This person wrote back. And if I was to print it out, John, it would have been about a five to seven page letter, all written text in an email, pouring out their heart and life to me sharing how they had grown up in the church, how they had once believed in God, but through tragic circumstances and just being disillusioned, they decided that to become an atheist. It's like, this just does not jive. And, and then it says, but I listen to you and your wife, and I just know in my heart that you guys believe in God. And the way that you communicate as a husband and wife and talking about it, you guys are Christian. You're watching a secular TV show. This is unheard of in my world. Mm-hmm. Oh, my gosh. You mean somebody can be a Christian and enjoy a television show you that's not? You give her not, permission to just be a human. That's exactly Be a person. And, and she began to ask questions about faith. How do you know God exists? What, what, and, and I would write, I would spend hours in conversation via email back and forth with this person. And I'm sharing this with Stephanie, right? But here's the concept. We got an email from somebody who says, Cliff, my name is Kim. I do not believe in God, but I believe that you guys believe in him. And I want to know why. Because I... Wow, what a powerful statement. She says, I see hope in your hearts and in your relationship that I've never seen before. And I want, to, it, it couldn't be more from First Peter 3.15 than anything else I'd ever heard. I want to know about the hope that you have. Will you please share it with me? Why do you believe in God? And so my wife and I got, I, I, I was like, Kim, 
would you give me the permission because I think it would take me hours to write it out in, a, in an email to you, which I would be willing to do if that's what you would re- prefer. But I would love to get behind a microphone, read your question, and just speak my heart out and answer this for you in a podcast episode. Not on our Lost Podcast, but over here at this other show that I have. If you'd like, I'll keep your name out of it. She goes, I'm not embarrassed about what I believe. Go ahead and use my name. So that episode was called Kim's Email. And so I read Kim's email and I proceeded to give my testimony in an audio form, completely just off the top of my head, nothing prepared, just speaking whatever came to my mind and as the spirit led. I put that podcast episode online. I sent her an email with a direct link to it. I said, Kim, my response to your question is here. Two hours later, she wrote me an email. She goes, Cliff, I'm at home. I had to leave work because I could not stop. I was uncontrollably crying and people thought I was going crazy. I had to get out of there and I had to be alone. I want to let you know that I just gave my life to Jesus Christ. What do I do next? Cliff, that just gives me goosebumps everywhere. That was the very moment that I realized this was the ministry God was calling me to. And I will tell you, John, in my time of being a pastor, most of my time I felt like I was babysitting people on whether or not are you doing the right thing or are you avoiding the wrong thing. Uh, And and a lot of this was in my own mindset. But I really felt like what happened was when I came to Christ on December 9th, 1991, I fell in love with God as my father and I was on fire. And John, for me, what happened, I realized that I slowly left my relationship with God as my father and I exchanged it for three things. I exchanged it for a relationship with the institution, which is the church, the, the, what we call the local church. I was more devoted to Sunday morning, Sunday night, Wednesday night, Tuesday night prayer meetings and home visitations than I was giving my heart and living fully for him. Mm-hmm. And then the next relationship that I had exchanged it for is relationship with information. Studying, studying. How much can I know about God? How much can I know about his word? And the more I'm armed with his word, the more I can convince people to, to be a, become a member of his church and to, to grow this church. You know, it's interesting. When I was in that same mode too, before my accident and have gone through all this, I'd go to Bible studies. I'd go to retreats. I'd go to workshops. You know what I felt like? Like I was stalking Jesus. Yeah. I was there to just learn one little tidbit about who he was so I could be smart on that verse or that topic, but nothing ever related to the whole person in a relationship. It was, it was this intellectual academic exercise. Exactly. Like studying Abraham Lincoln or, you know, George Washington or a historical figure. That's exactly. I was learning about this person from, you know, that had lived on the planet. Yeah, and, and that's exactly how I was. It's like, what can I learn about God and Jesus today that's going to give me the answer to the next argument I have with somebody about Christ and his church? So the, those are the first two relationships I ex- exchanged my relationship with God as my father for. The third one was a moral code of conduct. I felt God loved me and was pleased with me when I abstained from sin and, uh, and I was doing the right thing. But if I fell into any sin or I failed to do the thing that I felt the Spirit called me to do, if I did anything wrong, I felt God was angry with me, distant from me, turning his back on me, and, and, and it was ready to punish me until I came back into alignment. 
And that became my understanding of God. He's just like my dad here on earth. You know, it's interesting you say that. I was in the exact same place, and I, I bet a lot of people listening in the exact same place, because, you know, as I, I became a Christian in 1994, and I, had, I was involved with some very successful internet startups, software companies, you know, I had this, I was very blessed to have this great business career. What I did is I started giving myself credit for all these successes, and, and things I was doing in the community and what boards I was on. And if God is the true north, my compass had definitely drifted off. I wasn't heading south yet, but I was definitely pretty close to going, you know, east or west. And at my accident cliff, when I, you know, I broke every bone basically from my chest up. It wasn't an accident I should have survived. And when I was laying on the ground and I was in pain that, that I couldn't even describe, and all of a sudden God's presence came around me. The people that were there felt the presence too, but this was totally and directly to me. And I'll never forget this. It was this most powerful, unconditional love that was totally personal between me and God, like, like uh, you and Stephanie, like me and my wife, Donna, it was that kind of personal love, but at a whole different level. And I remember laying there just broken and crushed. The first thought that popped into my head is I'm not worthy of somebody loving me like this. So if you think about that, who we are is just, you know, living our lives as flawed, sinful people with all these misconceptions and mindsets. God doesn't care. He loves us in such a deep and personal way. It's almost even hard to fathom. And all he wants us to do is what you've done so beautifully is what I, what I love, Cliff, is you've taken a step into an area that you had no idea where it was going to go. And through that, you developed a new sphere of influence. Now, in that sphere of influence, by being authentic to your relationship with God, and I'd love for you to talk about how you move from this mindset to kind of where you are today. I think that's an important, you know, juncture to link for people, right? You've, you've had a massive influence in the lives of people um, on what a relationship with God could even look like, and even opening their mind to even thinking about that, right? Some of these people, they were, they were shut down, they were closed, but they heard something in you that drew them in. There was, I think our heart, you know, I think we were created by God, right? And in our heart, when we hear the truth, like you're sharing, even talking about an episode like Lost, it resonates like this beautiful violin, like a Stradivarius. When you hit that perfect note, yeah, they hear that resonance in their heart. They, they don't even know that they're hearing it, but they like it because it just sounds so pure because we were created to hear the truth. So I'd love, I'd love to hear about how you move from that mindset to where you are today. Absolutely. So I'm working full-time as an insurance agent in my mom and dad's office, very successful at that. At this point, I'm at a, I'm at a different church. Uh, I, I en- ended up moving over to a non-denominational sort of mega church, if you will. Mm-hmm. I was the pastor of all the small groups, so I was the I, you know, very prominent position for me. It made me feel good about myself and in my relationship with God because I was I was doing I was at such a high level. I know that sounds ridiculous, right? Yeah. Uh, so anyway, what happened was, you know, I'm working in insurance. I'm creating all this podcast content. By this time, I'm doing three different shows because I had launched a third show called Encouraging Others Through Christ. Uh, so I have three shows: one about the TV show Lost, one that's devoted just to faith. And then a show that's a bit anything and everything that my wife and I can talk to that might help people like living debt free and five threats to marital oneness and all these other things, uh, the five lung languages, all that great stuff. 
I'm creating lots of content. I'm exchanging emails with thousands of people around the world. And I'm working in the church as this associate pastor and doing insurance full-time. I've got three full-time careers. So what happened was my uh, some of the church leaders in, my, in the church that I was involved in came to me and says, Cliff, we want to get you involved in the church board. I think we can get you onto the church board. And if we do this, this is, this is going to help us get more people into our part of the vision of where we think this church should go. And I'm like, oh, I started to get that sick feeling in my throat again. Right. Um, and I'm like, what will tell me? I, and by the way, I was totally in, right? You know, because, yeah. you know, I was sold into the institution. And so dude, I, I'm all for this. You know, more power for me. I'd love to be on the church board. That Wouldn't that be great? How much more influence could I have in, in making this church even greater? Whatever. <laughs> but what happened was I said, so what would it take? Well, here's the thing. We have five weekend services. You'd have to attend all five of them. And not only that, but we'd also need to make sure as a, as a board member, everybody's required to once a month uh, deliver uh, communion to shut-ins in the hospital and widows and all this stuff. And also, if it snows, you have to be here once a month to help uh, you know, shovel all the sidewalks and everything. And I said, guys, I can't do that. And they said, what do you mean you can't do that? This, Cliff, this is what you've been working for. And I'm like, but I, I don't have that much time. I, I can't commit to all of those things. And they're like, why not? I said, well, I've got my work and I've got my family. I've got wife and kids. And I said, I have these podcasts that we're doing. They're like, yeah, we wanted to talk about your podcast as well. We really feel that that could be more valuable time spent here doing these things. And we've been thinking about this and we think you should really consider whether or not you're putting all your gifts in the right place. Did that give you a check in your spirit? Oh, dude, I, I want to tell you, I felt, I, number one, I felt that they were absolutely right. Of course. Um, uh, and you respected them. I respected them. I felt guilty. I felt ashamed of how much I was, you know, betraying my calling by pursuing this thing that I loved so much and that, you know, that is bringing me what I feel is fame and all this other stuff. And, and yeah, I feel great that I'm helping people and it's just building into my pride and egotism and, and all this stuff. And, and I thought they were, I said, guys, I I will pray about this. I decided, uh, that I needed to, to think about it. I stopped podcasting. I completely quit all podcasting efforts. I told everybody, I said, guys, I'm done. Mm. I have to have to get my priorities right. I quit podcasting for one week. And it, I, John, I will tell you, that week that I quit podcasting, I did not want to wake up in the morning. Mm. I, I finally got myself to work. And by the way, I was the type of person who was never late for it. I'd roll in 30, 45 minutes late every day that week. All I could think about all day long at work is, how many hours before I go home and can go to bed? Not how long before I can go see my wife and kids. All I wanted to do was go to bed. When I made the decision, I will no longer create podcast content, I felt as though I no longer wanted to live. And I prayed about it. I went back the next week, talked to my leaders at the church, and I said, you guys are absolutely right. Um, you asked me to pray about whether or not I'm using my, the gifts and talents that God has given me and the calling that God has given me to put my effort and energy into the right place and doing the right things. And you're right. I wasn't, I was diluting the gifts and talents that God had given me and putting it towards the wrong things. And for that reason, I've made the decision. I need to resign from every position within this church. I'm leaving so that I can do full-time ministry. So I have a question for you. Cause I think... 
a matter of fact, I know in my personal experience, even recovering from my accident, the church world, most pastors, I would say 90, 95% of churches do not understand business or businessmen or even the concept of business as ministry. So what advice would you give to people that are in business that want to use their influence, their leadership position, their role to walk out their faith in this world, which is a non-traditional, it's not serving the church, it's not being on a committee, it's not serving in the the old folks' home, but according to your own words, what you've said today has been even a broader reach and even a more powerful testimony for Christ than anything you could have ever done just serving in a building. Yeah. So what advice would I give? I would say give up, completely abandon, break up, divorce your relationship with the institution. Give up on that as being your source of purpose and your mission. And by the way, this is something that I can believe you can continue to be a pastor. You can continue to be involved in the official local congregation, all of those things. But I still believe that you should stop doing church work and only do the work of the church. So do kingdom work. Exactly. the body of Christ doesn't reside in the building. Exactly. The body of Christ is out in the community. And in, there are so many spheres of influence that need us to make our presence known, both in business, but education, and media, and government, and politics. And, and, and there's no Christian presence in those areas trying to influence the direction in people's lives and policies that are being created, and that, how that affects our culture and God's role in our culture. The, the second thing is, obviously, I would I'd say break up with your obsession with information. Uh, mm, gosh, interesting. I, you know, I, I, I will just say I, I know more about Scripture than I could ever live out for the rest of my life. Mm-hmm. That's not saying that I don't read Scripture and that I don't continue to find. But by all means, we have hidden God's Word in our hearts so we not, might not sin against Him. Let's continue to just take what we've learned and start living it. Not so that we can use it against people or trying to win people over. I, by the way, that's, that's one thing for me. This is this was a powerful time for me, was when I learned that it was not my responsibility to win souls for Christ. That's the job of the Holy Spirit is what I found. He is the one who convicts people's hearts. He's the one who brings truth. So what I have learned is to focus on 1 Peter 3.15. Always be prepared to give the reason for the hope that you have. But when you when people do ask... Do so with gentleness and respect. And so what I would say to business people, live out your relationship with Christ every day of the week. It is, spend less time studying information about God and instead say, God, every single day, show me today how limitless your love is for me. Even if I continually sin, show me that you still love me. So what I'm hearing, Cliff, is really... It's really about relationship. What you're talking about in First Peter is instead of being a student of the Word, really focus on being in relationship with Jesus Christ and look, at, look for opportunities every day to just live out the love He showed us. You know, something I do every day, I, I just pray for a miracle. I'm like, God, show me a miracle. Give me an opportunity to serve you today. I can tell you, just last night, there was, I was leaving the, the room where, where Cliff and I are here at a conference. There was one person sitting there alone. 
And I just went up, I just felt like I needed to talk to them. I just went up and introduced myself. And her best friend had just been diagnosed with stage four cancer and she was in a horrible place. We sat there for 45 minutes and yeah. I just shared with her and talked with her and encouraged her. And, you know, uh, her husband came over and we walked back to the elevator and it was just, I just feel humbled every day when God gives me an opportunity to just sow into somebody's life. And, and it has is, nothing to do with scripture or my church or a committee or anything else or somebody's approval in that in the church world about what I'm doing in business or why I'm in a conference. It has everything to do about the fact that you are compelled by Christ to love others. Mm-hmm. That every day. That is live a, great a life summary, every day. Right? For, forget everything else. Every day, wake up, get out of bed, and live a life compelled to love others. Serve others. Serve others by selling them the right insurance policy that's best for them. And if it's only best for them, if they actually have a little bit of uh, education that is necessary. And by the way, yes, I could, instead of spending 90 minutes with one client, I could have spent, you know, 15 minutes with them, sold them this policy that, you know, they're always going to be in debt anyway. They're never going to change. And I could have actually gotten more clients in per day if I would have just sold the policies that are best for me, making more money commissions. But no, my, what, what did the love of Christ compel me to do? To spend time with individuals and give them more than what they expect. To over-deliver. Get, show them the love that God has for them by mm-hmm. helping them. And, and that's what God has called us to do. Help people to become fully who they were created to be. And it's not just their spiritual formation. It is God wants to break people from, uh, wants to break people from debt. People want He wants to break people from uh, selfish relationships. He wants to break people from uh, obsession with their career so much so that they abandon their kids. He wants to break people from all of those things. So go out and love people. Live a life that God is calling you to live. So let's close with this because I think I love where you brought us to right now. And that is, you know what, we're going to make mistakes, right? Whether we overtly sin or we just make bad choices. But when we look at ourselves from God's perspective, right, there's, there's the tendency to look in the mirror and we see ourselves with our eyes, with our human limitations and our filters and our guilt and our shame or whatever label you want to put on it. But when you look at us from a very different perspective, and that's how God sees us, as this amazing person that he created, that he knows we're living in in this world and we're going to make mistakes. But just like I felt in my accident, no matter what we do, we cannot change the amount of love and joy that God has in us. So guys, I just encourage you to take what you've learned from Cliff today and just bring that into your heart and realize that no matter who you are, no matter where you're at, through that relationship, you have an ability to, in a powerful way, impact one person's life, which leads to another person and another person. I know we didn't share, uh, we talked about so many great things, but what I'd like to share to everybody is, is I know for a fact, Cliff, through what he's doing in his life and how he's just been so transparent and open has affected the lives of millions of people and he's not, he's just getting started. So I hope everybody's just incredibly encouraged. Any any final comments here as we wrap up, Cliff? Just one, one final comment, cause, and then I told you we'd come full circle. So the original question is, how can these business people, 
you know, get to where it's, how do you incorporate the faith versus the business? And there is no versus there. Mm. That's a false dichotomy. Uh, so what I encourage people to do is understand that whatever work you're in, whether you're selling insurance, whether you're flipping burgers at McDonald's, whether you're the corporate trainer for whatever company, whatever work that you're doing, if it is benefiting other people's lives, you're serving them. So whatever you're doing, if you encourage someone, if you inspire someone, if you educate someone, sometimes even if you just entertain somebody, did you know that sometimes your greatest ministry today might actually be smiling at someone today? Mm -hmm. And go with this, be a witness, and as a witness, only answer questions that have been asked to you. Live a life so full of hope and joy in the midst of your guilt, shame, and whatever you feel, know that God loves you and be so full of hope in spite of all their failures you may have so that people will see the hope that you have. And 1 Peter three fifteen and 16 says, always be prepared to give a reason for the hope that you have. And, do, and when people ask you, give it with gentleness and respect. Mm. And that's how you incorporate your faith into your business. I, I think there was a quote somebody once said, um, uh, pre- always preach the gospel and if necessary, use words. And that's the motto that I live by. If you're listening on your iPhone or iPad and want to learn more about Cliff, just click on the little eye icon on your right and you'll see links right there in the show's description. Otherwise, you can go to eternalleadership.com and search for Cliff Ravenscraft and find that in the show notes. While you're there at Eternal Leadership, be sure to check out past episodes, links to our Facebook page and LinkedIn group, John's executive coaching page, a lot more. That's eternalleadership.com. And if you're a Twitter person, be sure to follow John at John Ramstead or me at CoolBeans59. Yeah, I know. CoolBeans was my nickname in, in college. We want to congratulate Jennifer Reed on winning a signed copy of Matt Hurd's book, Life with a Capital L. Jennifer sent us a comment through Facebook and was our winner. Congrats, Jennifer. Next time on Eternal Leadership, executive consultant and coach Dan Mylan. Business as ministry really requires a couple of things. One of them is that, that we really operate in competence and become competent at the business endeavors that we engage in. It's one thing to be a competent Christian. It's another thing to be a competent business owner, but it's a very difficult thing to be a competent Christian and a competent business owner at the same time. This was a conversation that really, really energized John, and you don't want to miss it. For John Ramstead, I'm Steve Ryder, and thank you for listening to Eternal Leadership.